Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Practice Report. That's Tim May. I'm Spencer Holbrook. We're right outside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. After hearing from a lively bunch of Buckeyes, Tim, Ryan Day uh, still feeling confident after that 21-10 win over Notre Dame. Perry Eliano, uh, defensive backs coach, feeling very high after uh, you know the performance that his defensive backs had uh, Saturday night in the Horseshoe. And C.J. Stroud, who for the flaws of the offense still feels like his offense played really well he was a little dismissive when people asked him about where they came up short um, and maybe with good reason I think they played pretty well given the circumstances again that's Tim May I'm Spencer Holbrook Tim uh, hearing from Ryan Day the big takeaway obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, injury update there's a so- story already on LettermanRoad.com uh, regarding the timetable there and, and how the Buckeyes will not rush him back what are your thoughts on hearing Ryan Day hearing CJ Stroud um, and just seeing what, what all you know the Buckeyes had to say about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, yeah, we talked about it yesterday, about him having a hamstring situation uh, on this video. Notice I didn't interrupt you there at all. Proud of you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, but we talked about him having the hamstring. The, the great, great news is they got a lot of guys into the flow on Saturday night in place of him because he had basically left the game for good, in essence, at halftime. I think he might have come back in for a couple of plays in the second half, just wanting to go, because hey, they were playing the number five team in the country, and he wanted to be a part of it. But, uh, uh, you know, Xavier Johnson, et cetera, those guys stepping up was huge. Now, this is not putting down Arkansas State, though oddsmakers did that. They're a 45 point underdog this weekend. Uh, Toledo, after that, they have a couple of weeks where the, you don't have to rush <clears throat> the man you think that a lot of people think might be the best overall receiver in the country in Jackson Smith and Jig, but you don't need to rush him back into the fray. So uh, that's, that's the way they'll play it, I'm sure, because a hamstring, all hamstring pulls, strains, whatever, are not created equal. You never know how long it's going to take to come back from one, so uh, they can play it. They can play it pretty slow. With that said, man, what you got out of Xavier Johnson for the other night, for example, playing his first extended time as a receiver in a big-time game in a clutch atmosphere, him catching the go-ahead, uh, the winning points, really, the go-ahead points in that game on a, on a post-cut when he and C.J. Stroud recognized exactly the same thing that the defense threw at them. Boy, was that a huge positive step. And I've got a story on LettermanRoad.com right now talking about the competitive stamina that uh, – Ryan Day was hoping to generate over the last eight months for this team compared to a year ago. I think it was on full display in the opener against Notre Dame when you consider the way this team took over the game the last part of the third quarter and dominated. When it needed to be done, they got it done. So those are some of the positives coming out of this game, definitely. Yeah, and when you look at now moving forward with Jackson Smith and Jigba's injury, um, like you said, Ohio State has no reason to rush him back. It's Arkansas State and Toledo. Um, Odds makers set that line for a reason. Um, Ohio State's a lot better than Arkansas State. We're not going to sugarcoat that uh, here. But 
at the same time, you'd like to get him on the field because he's one of the best players in the country. Um, the bottom line is Ohio State's not going to rush him back. There's no need to. Um, but C.J. Stroud just came out and said it. It's a hamstring. <laughs> Brian Day didn't want to. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. want to specify. Well, we already reported it, it yeah. anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah but, he you just know, when you cl- get clarified, you get that kind of confirmation. Mm-hmm. Another another thing, you know, Luke Whipler was in a booth. They seem like you know they yeah. have a contingency plan if he's going to be sidelined at all for any period of time. Another guy where if you if you need to rest him for a game, I think Arkansas State's the perfect opponent to do that against. Um, so, you know, even C.J. Stroud set out a game last year. It was the, it was the Akron game. And so you kind of understand how Ohio State views these opponents, even if they're not going to say it like that. Um, well, that's the way I would view them. I yeah. mean, I think any human would view them. Just like with uh, Luke Whippler, if he needs to sit out a game or two, I mean, a boot on the foot. Uh, I haven't learned exactly what that problem is, but, boy, that could use a week or two off. Uh, the good thing is, uh, from the standpoint of, playing time is they got Enoch Vimahi into that game several times on Saturday night especially including on that last touchdown uh, when they put overload into the game because uh, Enoch Vimahi almost went into the game in place of a Matt Jones. Matt Jones got kind of winded at one point or looked like he took a hit and had to come out for a while but he went back in and didn't miss that snap but he but Enoch got into the into the lineup later in that drive the, the game put away drive where yeah. Mayan Williams scored bottom line is that was great experience for him uh, the way he came in the way he played uh, in that situation and if Matt Jones ends up having to be the center and he knocked me by playing guard hey you know so be it at this point yeah exactly and so you know all that is to be said that Ohio State is viewing this week how you would expect if you view this week um, they're not taking Arkansas State lightly to us um, but they know that this is a rest recover and uh, play as well as you can on Saturday game given what they just went through on Saturday in the horseshoe you know while um, you know other teams were playing their tune-up in week one Ohio State didn't get to and so now yep. it's it's as the as the kids would say tune-up season for Ohio State uh, Tim then we heard from Perry Eliano and that's where I think things got interesting it was a little mixture of riding the hot hand with Latham Ransom um, a little bit of Josh Proctor um, not really having a gaffe but but a, a missed assignment there uh, on the first play of the game, a little bit of, uh, you know, th- these other guys have proven themselves. But we learned a little bit into inside the meeting room, inside that film room, on why Josh Proctor only played five defensive snaps, why Latham Ransom played almost all of them, and why the rotation was so pared down in a game like this. Uh, what did you learn hearing from Perry Eliano? Well, number one, I heard, you know, learned on Saturday night is Jim Knowles said you go with the guy with the hot hand. So, you know, that yeah. pretty well summed it up. That's what he thinks. About the way, about the idea of rotating safeties, he'd prefer to pretty much go with the three main guys for the most part of any game. It looks like that's pretty much what he did. Uh, you know, I was going to ask Perry Eliano, but I asked him a couple other questions, and my quote time ran out. But is there a good way and a bad way to miss a tackle? You know, and it's it's not just that Josh Proctor missed a tackle, but the way he missed the tackle, it spun the guy in exactly the right direction. To Lorenzo Styles Jr., by the way, kid who grew up in Pickerington to take off down the field. So, you know, whether that was a total missed assignment, it's hard to come from safety to the edge in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, that didn't get done. But, you know, they've, they've said all along, man, uh, every, I mean, as long as they've been around. I mean, d- definitely since the Urban Meyer era started, the Ryan Day era, they're going to play who they think is the best guy at the moment. And that best guy the other night, if you just, just turn on, ladies and gentlemen, just turn on uh, – the replay of that game, and uh, video-wise, and just watch number 12 on defense and the way he played, Lathan Ransom. It kind of makes you wonder why, number one, he maybe he didn't even start, but then number two, why he would not play 
almost the whole game, every game, just on uh, the way he played in that game, the way he reacted, the way he triggered. As uh, Jim Knowles said, he can see the forest for the trees. And I go, yeah. And then he goes in there like he's got a chainsaw in his hand. Yeah. You know, so it's they're just guys that just get it and, and play on a high level right from the get-go. And you think about how far he's come from that broken leg uh, January 1 against uh, against Utah in the Rose Bowl. Wow, what, what, a, what a story he is turning out to be. Uh, we'll see how far it goes. It also made me wonder, Tim, why he wasn't the deep safety on the field last year when Ohio State's defense wasn't very good. But I guess that's why they made a coaching change. Uh, because Lathan Ransom obviously is, is has the instincts and the natural ability to do all of this. Um, and now he's got the coaching to do it to where he's at a, playing at a very, very high level just one game into the season. Uh, it's hard to talk about this week, Tim, because we spent so much time building up this Notre Dame game, and now it's it's over. And so you go into these next two weeks, and you kind of try to find out, you know, is this Ohio State team going to play down to its competition? Is this Ohio State team going to take days off in the middle of these two weeks? The answer so far is no. Um, C.J. Stroud also made the point, though, as we move on to a little bit of what we heard from him, uh, you know, if they need Jackson Smith and Jigba, he would play. And if they, he even said, uh, if we needed him on Saturday, he would have played. Uh, but I think they felt like they didn't need him to still get the job done, and that's why he didn't come back in the game uh, there late in the fourth quarter. Um, that's probably a positive thing, for one, for Jackson, but we already talked about that. Two, C.J. Stroud, this entire offense, this entire team inside this building knows what's ahead these next couple weeks before they get to that Wisconsin matchup. And uh, they're not they're not going to take these guys lightly at all. And I think C.J. Stroud is a great leader to make sure that doesn't happen. Now, look where you riff. You start riffing. Does it count me interrupting you if I'm, like, interrupting, but I'm not interrupting, but I'm making gestures? Does that count as an interruption? Uh, I don't think it does. We'll, add, we'll see what that one guy says. <laughs> uh, but the bottom line is uh, Jack Smith and Jigba was standing there in the fourth quarter when they started that 95-yard drive. He's standing there with his helmet in his hand, you know, behind the coaches who were signaling in the plays. The guys who were signaling in the plays, he I think he wanted to still be out there. And they said, no, no, you know. Yeah. Number one, they were ahead. Number two, uh, why risk it? Uh, and number three, hey, so these guys, they coach these guys for a reason. And Xavier Johnson and all these other guys uh, showed you. Jaden Ballard, I thought, got quality minutes, quality, made some quality plays in that game. Uh, right on down the line, uh, that wide receiver room, the depth was plumbed, and it came up big time. So. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they want to they have uh, Jack Smith and Jigba available when the big games happen. By the way, that lady could have walked in front of us. I didn't care. I was just waving at her. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but the bottom line, there's no reason to push it definitely these two weeks. I think we've, we've kind of covered that. The interesting thing to me is through that first half, the microcosm of that first half and the way things didn't go according to plan uh, for Ohio State offensively, except for one drive, uh, came on the last play that Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, was on the field, at least in the first half. They had uh, basically trips the uh, uh, to the right side, you know, in that bunch formation. And at the snap, we covered this yesterday, two of the three receivers were looking to the sideline, like trying to figure out what they're supposed to do on the play. Had the, had the play changed, they were so late getting off the ball, it was incredible. And then that was the play where C.J. Stroud threw behind him, Mecca Egbuka, trying to kind of throw him open a little bit so he wouldn't uh, run into folly at the end of that at the end of that route. Well, they got so many things figured out going into the second half. Yeah, they didn't have a great start to that second half, but you could see them asserting themselves physically as that half went on. And then finally, like I said, the last 20 minutes of the game, they dominated physically. A really good Notre Dame football team. I thought on both sides of the ball. 
Tim, there was 100,000 people there, so I won't say that not... That 106. You, yeah, that's that the only time I've interrupted you so far. <laughs> but I won't say that nobody watching this video wasn't in the building. I'm sure there were a few. Um, but inside that building, I don't know how you felt sitting there watching the game from the press box, the bird's eye view that we get um, to see everything happen and unfold, but it never truly felt like Ohio State was not in control of the game. Um, and I think that speaks to what this, this team can be because even when it was down 10-7, as it started to put together that drive, you saw them start wrestle control away from Notre Dame. And I think you'll see them make sure to assert themselves quickly and often against Arkansas State and Toledo and get these games, you know, get them under control. Well, that's always I'm, I'm interrupting you one time. That's always the plan. That was the plan the other night. You know, you don't backstroke into these games, but when plays don't plays aren't executed efficiently, you end up with a situation where you're going to come from behind mode. Uh, and I'm not, you know, by the way, the other thing I was doing was I was imitating sitting in the press box while you were talking there because we're okay except when the blimp goes in front of us. <laughs> then you can't see as well. Now go ahead. A couple other notes just before we get out of here. Uh, Julian Fleming, it sounds like he is a little is, is trending toward being back for Ohio State. Ryan Day said, you know, he was a game time decision for a reason. They he went through warm ups. He did go through some warm ups. I think he was a little hobbled at the end of them. But uh, I wouldn't expect him to be out too much longer. I think you're going to get some good news there at some point for Ohio State. And you know, Ryan Day said that the game one to game two thing, while it is coach speak, you do expect to see some things change. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Any other notes, Tim? Before we get out of here. Well, no. I mean, uh, you know, you're. You, I think the Buckeyes are hoping nothing. It's no, nothing long term with Luke Whipler that he can come back sooner rather than later. Uh, and the other thing that stood out, in my opinion, uh, Mike Hall, man. And I know we've talked about him on three straight uh, videos here, but you heard all the talk. You heard all the talk. You saw a little bit of it in that one full practice we got to watch. But to see him on on the stage in front of the number five team in the country, he was a record he was a play record the other night something you know doesn't mean he always makes a tackle doesn't mean he always gets to the quarterback but he wrecked so many plays for Notre Dame uh, it was crazy and uh, I think that guy has got a huge upside uh, that's an understatement now the key is as as Ryan Day says you know uh, competitive stamina can he can he carry it through now is the is the big question because I think he could be one of those big time stories by the end of the season absolutely and so if anything, Mike Hall is now a guy that Arkansas State, Toledo, and Wisconsin all have to circle on the scouting report, and that automatically changes the game plan because if a guy can wreck Notre Dame from the interior, he can do that to just about anybody Ohio State's going to play. And so, yeah. if nothing else, he is a circle on the de on the depth chart when the opponent goes to break Ohio State down, and it changes the way they have to run their offense. Yeah. That's not saying he's a one-man game changer, but Saturday night he was. You saw it happen during the game. I mean, yeah. that Eichenberg blitz and sack almost untouched yeah. was a great example of what was going on from that defensive front as a whole and uh yeah i mean this is a different stupid point but it's true it's a different team from a year ago yep in all kinds of ways uh the man standing behind us 21 to 10 over notre dame uh he would have taken that in a heartbeat yep and the way they got it done running the ball kind of down their throat at the end of the game with one huge pass play, which really ignited that comeback to Mayed Williams off a wheel route when C.J. Stroud rolled to his left and just calmly threw him a strike exactly where the ball had to be. That's what you call taking control at exactly the right time. And uh, as we wave goodbye to Jerry Emmett and he, and he beeps back, uh, I think they're feeling really good about themselves in this building right now.
You know, it's crazy to him. Woody Hayes never coached against Notre Dame and Ohio State. That is, um, it's, it, it, it's actually almost a crime that these two teams, we talked about it last week, 280 miles apart, didn't play between 36 and 95, and a regular season game didn't play again from 96 to 2022. That's almost a crime against football tradition, et cetera. But it is what it is, as C.J. Barnett would say. Woody Hayes also never coached against Arkansas State. Neither did Earl Bruce or John Cooper or Urban Meyer. <laughs> or anybody. Or Luke Fickle. Um, so, or Jim Trestle. Ryan Day will on Saturday, yeah. the horseshoe at noon. Ohio State, first time ever against Arkansas State. We'll be there. Letterman Row will be there. Or Letterman Row will also be back in the building Wednesday night for some player interviews. We get select Buckeyes. Uh, we'll be seeing you there. Uh, we'll make a bit, we'll, of course, have full coverage of that. We'll have full coverage of the Ryan Day press conference. Until then, uh, for Tim May, I'm Spencer Holbrook. Make sure you check out the uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe to us. Come hang out on the Letterman Lounge, the message board. We're always having a good time over there. We will see you back in here tomorrow night. We'll see you in the horseshoe on Saturday afternoon for Ohio State and Arkansas State.